Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C N on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you. I just want to go to two quick texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, then we'll bring aboard Mark Spector. This text says, hey, Bob, I saw that Dominic Cahoon has followed the Oilers on Instagram, and he only follows the team he's previously played for. Might be something, might not be, but just wanted your thoughts on him if he's a fit. Obviously, someone or two would need to be moved to fit him in. Well, you just nailed it. There'd have to be a move. Um... It's it's my belief the owners had conversations. Well, I know for a fact they did had conversations. Uh, Jerry Johansson uh, now is the North American point guy for Dominic Cahoon, who, who frankly be- was led to believe by some that he would maybe command two and a half to three million dollars on the market. That didn't that wasn't coming to fruition. Uh, and you're a hundred percent right. The owners there's some good left cheap left wingers out there right now. The problem is. The Oilers have got a lot of forwards under contract, so we're going to get Mark Spector to jump in on that in a second. But first, a text from Victor. Victor says on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, I love Dave Tippett. Combination of Holland and Tippett has the club on a steady path towards long-term success. Uh, great work, Tippett. Great to hear from him and can't wait for hockey to come back. And that's where we're going to start with Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. They have live racing Friday and Sunday evening at Century Mile. Spectator access is still limited by COVID restrictions, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Mark, how are you? Oh, sounds like I'm about as busy as uh, Dave Tippett is right now, eh? <laughs> well, I feel for these hockey guys, Bob. Dave Tippett hasn't had an October without hockey since he was like four years old. And all of a sudden, it's October 20th, and he's got nothing going on. I've been talking to guys. They don't have to get they don't know what to do with themselves, Bobby. Yeah, I, well, I can tell you the Stoffer household, my son's like, when are you going on the road again? You need to get out of here. So, uh, But uh, w- with all seriousness, Mark, uh, the texter's comment about the experience of Tippett and Holland and a steady path, what's your take on that text? Well, a, st- a steady path. I'm sorry, is that what you said? Yeah, the texter says that he's basically got confidence that there's, you know, just in terms of how Holland and Tippett are, that they're building the orders towards a steady path to success. Do you agree or disagree with that? Oh, I, 
I certainly agree that, I mean, you know, what's the, the word Ken Holland used a billion times here was stability, right? You can't change your coach every year. You can't, you know, go off and get the big free agent every year and buy somebody out the next year. And no, no, they want stability here. They want to sort of build something. They clearly have building blocks to build around in McDavid and uh, Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins and, you know, you thought Oscar Clefbaum likely still, hopefully, and so there's no need, Bob. There's no need not to have stability now. You got a GM here that knows what he's doing. You got an excellent coach. Uh, you know, they've had all those things in in small parcels before, but certainly they have a bigger package of of pillars and and things that are worth hanging on to for a long time. And it's time to stop being the Cleveland Browns and having so much change every year. It's time to have a little bit of continuity in this organization. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's get to a couple things. And I know that you had an opportunity, I think, to talk to Dave last Thursday or Friday for a piece that you penned on Sportsnet's website. Um, and it is a reoccurring theme that you and me have discussed. That And it's funny. Dave came in sixth for Coach of the Year votes. I vote on that. Uh, and, it, and it's funny, whenever I get asked, well, what everybody says, well, how do you evaluate a coach? And everybody says, well, one of the things you evaluate coaching on is special teams. And the Oilers had the best special teams in 40 years of the NHL. And, uh, and the guy comes in sixth and coach of the year votes. Like they were first in the power play and second in PK. But here's the, here's the downside to those numbers, Mark. It's unlikely they're going to be able to replicate that. I mean, come on. It was the best combination of power play and, and, and PK numbers in 40 years in the NHL. So certainly there's a uh, belief that they need the improved five-on-five. Five. Dave just talked about the fact, Mark, that it's 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 not two attacking lines. It's really, you know, three offensive lines and then a, a checking line type thing. Uh, give me your sense on, uh, you know, t- t- Tippett's experience with Kyle Turris and maybe a bit about what Dave Tippett said about Yessa Pugliarvi, about his maturation. Yeah, he's uh, quite bullish on Pugliarvi, which is, you know, uh, when I put on my objective hat, uh, any coach in his position is going to say good things and say nice things. Let's, you know, I-, I hope that he's still saying those things after he's watched him play for a while. I can't see why he wouldn't, but you know what? Let's wait and see. Um, you know, Torres is a Torres is a more offensive guy in the third line center role. Uh, I think he's a great fit for, with Pulyarvi on his wing because no one can. The the, the common plea here is you got to play Pulyarvi with Drysaddle and McDavid, so he's got an offensive sentiment. Well, now he can play with Torres, and he's got an offensive sentiment, right? So that's all good. Uh, I think we talked a little last week, Bob. I'm, I'm sort of searching for, you know, my my mantra here is this team has to keep get less pucks going into its own net. Uh, it's not to me about scoring more goals for the Oilers. It's about defending better. And I would say to you, I'm not positive that they took a lot of strides in that direction with their acquisitions here over the uh, off season. I don't see how they got a whole lot better at keeping the puck out of their net. Do you? Uh, I'll tell you why I think they they could be capable of doing it, okay? I'm not going to say it's – how about they're not going to be playing defense as much? Yeah. That's, that's how they're going to be able to do it because now they got a guy with Turris, and let's just say that Ennis, Turris, and Pulley are the third line, okay? So that line has got to – like, they got caved in so badly, Mark – 
in true five-on-five situations with Shane and Kara at center. And I got time for Kara on the team because he can kill penalties. And if Riley Shane's your fourth-line center, you're fine. The problem is they uh, that combination can't be the third and fourth-line center. They were always in their zone. So they were always defending when those guys were on the ice, and their goal share got them obliterated. So even though some of the media misrepresented the true five on the true five on five play of McDavid and Dreisaitl, and it does, it, and it'll continue to get better. I, I believe that. Like it'll, I think there's recognition that that's an aspect that has to improve. Uh, but the reality is, where Edmonton gave it all up was on their third and fourth lines, and I think now. They got a better chance because they're deeper, and they also might have found something out with Neal and Chason, potentially on a fourth line like we saw in the playoff, that maybe they'll have an opportunity to, at minimum, saw off instead of getting destroyed five-on-five, and that will get the numbers down. So I think they'll spend more time in the neutral zone or in the offensive zone than they have, okay? I think Turris is a significant step up on Riley Sheehan. I'm not yeah. sure where Kara is going to play. Like Dave referenced him early in the interview today, but then talked about Gaetan Haas mid-range in the uh, in the interview, and Gaetan Haas last year was fine five on five. So my personal belief, Mark, is the bottom six is better, and because the bottom six is better, that's going to uh, improve the goals against. However, doesn't mean I'm going to be right, but that's my belief at this stage. No, you're. You know, I'm basically looking at at two things here. You're. I get what you're saying. When you have the puck, you know, it's, it's not your stick. It's not going in your net. So that's good. Tyson Berry's probably. You know, he's the yin and the yang of this thing, right? You know, this guy, Tyson Berry. I'll tell you right now, Bob. He's going to be uh, fabulous uh, to watch in uh, at both ends of the ice. <laughs> you know, he's going to be exciting in both ends. That's what this player is, right? He follows the puck up ice, and he's fabulous in the offensive zone. And if he gets pinned in his zone, it's not so fabulous, right? There's there's a litany of offensive defensemen about whom you would say the same thing, that they're exciting in both ends. This guy's one of them, and that's just the player he is. I'm fine with that. Uh, around this guy, I think the players, you know, let's face it, they didn't bring in a bunch of defensive stalwarts, so the guys that are on this team, the roster players that we all know in Edmonton, have to play better defense when they don't have the puck. You know, it's, well, I'll, make me, a, I'll make a prediction right now, Mark. If, the, if we end up playing a 48-game sked, I do not believe that Connor McDavid nor Leon Dreisaitl are going to put up the same uh, points per game that they did last season. How come? Because number, number one, I don't think the power play is the power play was like damn near thirty percent. So right. that's number one. And number well, two, Tyson buried that power play. It's, it's going to get worse. You think? Uh, I, I understand. It's going to be hard to be as good. It's but. hard. It's going to be. It's going to be almost yeah. impossible to get back to that again. It'll okay. be. A, it'll be a top ten power play. I'm I'm would, fair. Sure. It's good, probably a top five power play. Okay. I would think top five. It should be a top okay. five. Okay. Power play without talent. But but it's probably not going to be quite as productive. And I do think that there's going to be more uh, recognition and improved defensive play from those guys. I don't think that's why they lost the playoff series to Chicago. But I do think as time goes on, they'll get better. But I also believe, Mark, that the third line. And potentially the fourth line will not be as bad territorial and spend as much time in their D zone as they did. And that's going to be the trick. And it's interesting. Dave talked about uh, Barry. Barry's got something to prove. 
Turris has something to prove. Like, I know Barry had a – and we're going to talk about negativity in, in the next half-hour block a bit about perceptions sometimes on things. I'm not quite convinced that that Tyson Barry is – I talked to somebody, Mark, from Colorado the other day, okay? Okay. And he's, he's like, this guy is not as bad as – you know, he, he played in Toronto. It didn't go well there. And I go, yes. Well, in Toronto, they ran off Larry Murphy, and he ended up becoming a Hall of Fame defenseman in Detroit after. Like, it happens once in a while in Toronto. So I, I, I think the Oilers are going to spend less time in their own zone, Mark, and that's going to lower – uh, not uh, give them a chance to lower their goals against. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, no, and that's a that's the kind of defense you want to play, right? Because it's exciting. You know, I'm frankly as much as I'm a guy that I mean, I just I, I've watched hockey long enough, Bob. When there's two different seasons here, there's the the regular season when you can get away with lots of stuff and you can get lots of offense and everyone has a great time. But if you want to win in the playoffs, you have to be able to win not every night. But you got to be. Eventually, you're faced with two-one hockey games, and you got to be able to win them, or you don't move on. And that's just absolute hockey fact. Yeah. If you can't win low-scoring, tough games in the in a playoff series, I'm not saying every night, but in a seven-game series, there's going to be two of them. And if you lose them both, you lose the series. So. This team will eventually, you know, they've got regular season hockey. I think they're built for it. You know, not unlike the Leafs, frankly. They're built for regular season hockey, the Oilers. What they need to build themselves into now is a team that when the, when the tide changes and we start playing playoff hockey, which is not the same, they can handle that kind of hockey too. Mark, I don't believe that the current incarnation of the roster will be the same as the incarnation for the roster after the trade deadline, whenever that is. There's too many moving parts around the league. There's stuff going on. There's going to be players yep. poke out, and you may see a different type of player added at a certain point that changes the complexion of things. I mean, we you look on defense, and right now, what are your defense pairings right now? What do you have for the Oilers' top oh, six? Oh, I guess I'm just going to slot Caleb Jones in right now next to Adam Larson. If we're if yep, we're starting sure. the season with, with Oak Cleft Bomb, that's what I'm doing. Okay, and that's a fairly big. That's two. That's a big ask for Caleb Jones, and we're also counting on Adam Larson to get back to the kind of hockey that we've seen him play that he didn't play much of last year. So that's my pairing there. I like Bear and Nurse together, of course, so sure. does everybody, right? And yep. then I, I guess what that leaves us basically uh, a lefty and Russell and a. Right, Ian Barry on the third pairing. They're both special teams guys, right? Russell kills a bunch of penalties. Barry gets a lot of power play time. Uh, that, to me, is a fairly well-rounded defense. What do you think? I agree with that. Uh, it gives them four guys that can kill penalties and one guy that can definitely run a power play and has proven to done it, uh, do it at the NHL level. I mean, Nurse and Barry killed penalties last year. Larson killed penalties and Russell killed penalties. There's a wild card in all of this. And the wild card is you have guys currently playing right now, Mark, and a bunch of guys that aren't. And the Oilers, ha- the Oilers have a prospect that last year was focused on defense, and now they've taken the governor off him and let him go a bit. And I'm going to tell you, when the World Junior Championship gets played here and people see Broberg and see the role he's in with Sweden, who never lose games in the uh, round-robin round, by the way, and they're, in a, they're in a tough pool. It got announced yesterday. They, they, there is, he's the wild card for me. Because I wonder, yeah. and I'm serious, like, I don't have him slotted in, Mark, until 21-22. But 
the, we saw with Ryan Smith in 12-13 what happened when you weren't playing. He didn't play before we came back from the lockout that year. He scored two goals in 48 games. Okay, mm-hmm. conversely, Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, Justin Schultz all played down on Oklahoma City. They were up and running. So what happens to a guy like Haas at center versus Kara? Haas is playing, Kara isn't. Who's got the advantage there? And what about a guy like Broberg as a, as a wild card who's got the skating ability to change the complexion of your defense? There's a lot of variables going into it, Mark. You know what I mean? Oh, a ton. And sure. And we, you know, Bouchard's a year ahead, and he's in Shalestia right now playing high-level hockey. And, you know, we always see this is a, re- a recurring theme in these in any type of lockout year or any kind of year where there's an unexpected schedule change. That the guys, you know, sometimes young guys go off and play and they come back and they're more ready. You know, I mean, let's... Adam Larson isn't playing a lick right now. Bro- uh, Broberg and um, Bouchard are both yeah. playing, you know, full schedules. They're going to, when we show, if they show up at camp on what, December 15th, let's say, I'll tell you right now, those two kids are going to be a mile ahead of Larson. He's going to have to catch up to them. Let's say it's January 7th after the world. Like, seriously, I'm just being pragmatic here. I can see. Uh, and, and, and just so everybody's aware, my understanding of how it works in Sweden is Swedes can play in the SHL and leave, but if you're an import, you can't. And that's part of the reason why Bouchard's playing in that division below the SHL is because they couldn't put him on one of those top division teams. Otherwise, he'd have to stay there for the year. Conversely, Broberg is Swedish, so he can split. And the same deal with Nygaard, who was playing in uh, Farstad, who hurt his finger. Uh, like, the defense, to me, doesn't have the same depth as forward, but it's got a bigger wild, to me, a bigger wild card. And that wild card is Broberg, because I don't know. Like that's Mark. I know what I saw during training camp, and what I saw the the training camp that we had for the return to play. What I saw was a more explosive, dynamic defenseman than the Oilers have had in the last 15 years here in Broberg. That kid oh. could do stuff. Would you not agree? He could do stuff that nobody else the Oilers have had here has been capable of doing. He in that camp, to, to my eye, he passed uh, Bouchard in the Oilers chain. So I, you know, I want, we've watched Bouchard since the day they drafted him. He never came to camp and caught our eye and did those things uh, that Broberg did and that Broberg did during that training camp. So uh, you know what? And and I expect uh, Bouchard to punch back too. So what what you have is a is a fabulous looking dynamic left shot in Broberg, and you got a guy in Bouchard who's still going to play. And uh, you know what? Maybe watching uh, Broberg get a little more ice time. Maybe watching Broberg get to stay with the team while he didn't. Uh, maybe watching Broberg pass him by a little bit gives him a kick in the pants. And uh, all of a sudden, you get two defensemen out of the deal. All right. So I think you'd concede they're deeper up front, especially at center. Mike Turris has had you know multiple 20-goal seasons, multiple 50-point seasons. Uh, you've got a guy in Haas who's ex- more experienced, Kara, who can at minimum kill penalties. So they're deeper at forward. There's some wild cards on defense, different dynamic on defense. I think the question mark for everybody, Mark, is in goal. We're back. And, you know, I recall what you said last year going into the start of the season. What did you say? The biggest question mark is in goal. And one yep. year later, and one year later, we're looking at this team. Do you feel the same way? Or was there enough body of work last year during the regular season to think they'll be fine in goal? Where are you at, Mark? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know what, I, I'm, 
I'm not a big stats guy, but I, I found a stat that really brought this up on the show last week, Bob. I found a stat that made me take a bit of a fresh look, you know, on the Oilers goaltender. And in short, they had the best save percentage in the league while killing penalties last year. And they were 25th in the league in save percentage at five on five last year. And that makes me want to say that that maybe the goaltending that we the parts of the goaltending that we didn't like maybe more of it was on the team defense uh than just on the goalies like i always you know i I don't know i'm no kevin woodley here but i think it's fair to say that the toughest time for a goalie during a hockey game is when he's killing penalties it's five on four he's getting more shots from more angles lots of one-timers if you can lead the league right if you can lead the league in save percentage during a pk uh, and then it falls off at even strength. I want to say that that maybe the even strength play of the team in front of you has a lot more to do with that. I think I, I, I take a second look at the Oilers goaltending. Uh, if, if the team can play better team defense, I guarantee you the goaltending is going to look a lot better than it did last season. And again, my theory, spend less time in your zone with lines three and four. And I don't think it's capable to replicate what you did on the PK last year, Mark. I just, I don't think you can count on that. So you have to improve the five-on-five play. And, sure and, is. and Listen, right, they and, got crushed at five-on-five at times last year. They're, regardless of all of this stuff we're talking about, Bob, the game is won and lost at five-on-five. Yeah, you rip off a couple points during the season because you score three power play goals. I get it. Right, the special teams won us some games last year. Sure, it did. But when push comes to shove, when the games get important, when it's really crunch time, you got to beat the other team five on five. And this Oilers team—that is their mountain to climb. There's no doubt, Bobby, that that five on five, this team's got to get better. You have, and as it gets more serious, end of the regular season, end of the playoffs, you don't get gifted as many opportunities in the special teams. You got to be able to score five on four, five on five. Mark, think back to the series against Anaheim in 2017. The Oilers, the final 15 games or so of the regular season, Nugent Hopkins was centering Lucic and Everly. That line got hot. But they went away in the first four games of the series against Anaheim. And they got broken up. And Milan Lucic, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Jordan Everly did not score an even-strength goal in a series in which Edmonton lost three one-goal games, including, right. two in, including two in overtime. If they get one even-strength goal between that trio, we're we're looking back at what occurred that season, and people say, "Ah, quit worrying about the past." The point is, you've got to be able to score five on five, and I, the Oilers are better positioned, in my opinion, to do so. Uh, and and it's it's really interesting with the goaltending. Dave kind of said something there. He talked about Smith having a desire to come to Edmonton. How much of that do you think is a factor for for the? I mean, Tyson Berry chose Edmonton. It sounded like Turris, you know, wanted to play here. Um, do you think there's times maybe we're not aware of certain guys, you know, where they want to play? Do you, do you, do you think that still occurs, or do you think well, that? Go, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Well, you know what? I think what we can do is let's put let's frame this Edmonton and Winnipeg, because frankly, Edmonton and Winnipeg, there was a time when, and, and still, it, it stands that they were the last, the first two teams on every. NHL players no trade list, right? You know, when they had the list 10 teams, Edmonton and Winnipeg was on it. When they had a list 20 teams, Edmonton and Winnipeg's on it. When they had a list two teams, Edmonton and Winnipeg was on it. So let's look at the two cities, right? They both have ugly winters. Edmonton's got a world-class arena, right? World-class arena. And it's nice an arena, and, and 
they say the nicest dressing room in the National Hockey League. So you got that going for you. Edmonton's got a couple of generational or a generational player in McDavid and a Art Ross hundred point fifty goal man uh, in Leon Drysaddle. So you know, I'm not saying Winnipeg doesn't have some good players. They do. But coming here, when you're Tyson Berry and you're looking at a one-year deal to try to improve yourself, you're looking at this power play, you're looking at following McDavid's line up the ice or, or dry saddle hitting you as a trailer. So Everton has a few things here, Bob, that, that they didn't used to have. When they're back in Northlands Coliseum, they didn't have any money to spend. They had 28 owners. Uh, you know, their best player was Ryan Smith. Uh, that's why no one came here. So that has changed. And, and you know what? It's Everton's turn a little bit. It's Oiler fans' turn to get something good going for them. And when I see guys like Line A and Truba who want to get out of Winnipeg, I feel for the Jets fan because, you know what, they're just good hockey fans and they deserve better than that. But let's face it, I've been to Winnipeg and I've been to Edmonton. And, you know, I know why I'd rather play in Edmonton. I agreed with several things you said. I might argue that Alish Hemsky uh, was right there with Ryan Smith as well. Okay, that is Mark. Fair enough. <laughs> that, that, I recall what Craig Vitavich said when Hemsky announced his official retirement. Mark, uh, we're going to put you on hold here for a sec. You can re-engage at 105. We'll tell you Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Uh, we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and uh, come back more with Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.